So my son, Levi, he, uh, he works for a moving company. And this week, he comes home with this thing. <laughs> He's like, I was like, Dad, uh, Levi, I said, what, Levi, what are you doing? He's like, oh, Dad, isn't it so cool? It's, it's vintage. He's like, look, Dad, you got... He turns around, he's like, listen. Is that Aerosmith? Okay. Why do you know that that's Aerosmith? We're in church. No. No, I have no idea what song they're going to play. But he's like, Dad, it's, it's like, it's got a tone knob. Like one tone knob, Levi. And, and, and it's like, it's 2.5 watts. I'm like, I said, Levi, you know, they have a name for people who collect stuff like this. They're called hoarders. So I told him, Levi, enough is enough. So uh, a few years back, we were living in California. We were going to paint our house. And anybody, like, gone to Home Depot and look at all the paint swatches? you're you're, You're, like, looking at them for, like, a long time. It'd been, like, an hour and a half. People are in the store, like, you're still here? We're looking to paint it yellow, and you know what we ended up on? We ended up with, of all colors, school bus yellow. I kid you not. But after an hour and a half of looking at these, these, these different paint colors, I'm like, Cindy, enough is enough. Last week uh, was Gavin's 20th birthday. It was really cool, right? So Cindy brought in, yeah, that's kind of cool, right? Um, and so he, Cindy brought in nothing but cakes. Get behind me, Satan. How many know they got a lot of flavors? What's your favorite flavor of bunt cake? Oh, velvet. Like, you didn't even hesitate right now. That was like, velvet. I can't get you to, to praise Jesus, but boy, you can praise a bunt cake. No, I'm just going to say, no. No, what else? What else? What else? Lemon? 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 Really? Josh? Lemon? Man, card pulled. Okay. What else? Oh, raspberry. Yeah, those raspberries will mess you up. Be careful. So, my favorite uh, of all the ones was all of them. And so I had like one of each. I felt terrible. And finally I said, enough is enough. Hey, welcome to week six, our final week of our new ground series where we've been talking about this new ground that we've been stepping into. Now, for some people, it might be physical ground. It might be a new job or new, a new place, a new home. But for most of us, it's a metaphorical Ground. It's, 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 it's an inward work that God's doing. That new ground is on the inside. And, and I want to tell you that as we close this series, it's not, the problem isn't that we're incapable of stepping into the new ground. Most of us are already in or on new ground right now. The challenge is that we often take our old ground with us to the new ground. We're in the promised land but we ain't living the promised life. We thought the enemy was just going to roll over and say, okay, whatever, man. You want new ground? Go ahead and take it. We forgot that we were in for a fight. We got to tell the enemy three words that every God-fearing Christian, the follower of Christ, has to, at one point in his or her life, speak over your new ground. You got to say, enough is enough. You ready to fight today? You ready to fight? Come on, come on, let's get ready. Let's get ready. So that's exactly, in, in Joshua chapter 10, if you've got your Bibles, Joshua chapter 10. Um, so that's exactly what he had to say. The, the Israelites had crossed over the Jordan. 
They defeated Jericho. They defeated another city called Ai. And the word of the Israelites, of this formidable foe, spread all throughout the land of Canaan. So much so that a city 15 miles to the east called Gibeon, they did a little trickery. And I'll tell you about it later, how it actually happened. But basically, they came they made the journey over to Gilgal, which is right by Jericho. That's where, that's where the Israelites were camped out. They made that journey, and they formed an alliance with Israel. This, so a Canaanite and Israelites forming an alliance. Well, you can imagine what the king of uh, Jerusalem thought when he heard about that, about that desertion of the Canaanite city. He's, he was furious, and so what did he do? He grabbed four other kings, four other Canaanite kings from around the area. We have a map of it. And what happened is he, he summoned them and they formed a coalition force to march against the traitors of Gibeon who formed an alliance with the Israelites. Well, Gibeon caught wind of this, that they were marching towards them, so they sent a message to, over to Gilgal to the Israelites and said, hey, look, they're marching against us. So what does Joshua do? He, he marshals all his army and he begins marching through the night to meet up with these, this coalition force and defend his allies, the Gibeonites. Why would he do such a thing? Because God gave him ground, and that ground was under attack. And he had to fight for the ground that God gave him. He had to say, enough is enough. Joshua chapter 10, verse 7. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. How many know that when God makes a promise, he keeps his promise? Amen? Amen. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Haran and cut them down all the way to Ezekiah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Ezekiah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ayalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Yashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Lord God, thank you that you fight for your people. Help us fight for the very ground that you have given us. Help us not relinquish it. Help us not... Do anything other than stand firm, firmly planted on that ground, fighting, saying enough is enough. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so to say enough is enough, let's, we have to examine that. There's, there's, there's really, I want to break that down to, 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 to understand it and to be able to say it. We need to first understand that God is enough. If you don't get that right, 
when, nothing else that follows is going to be right in your life. You, we, I, you, we have to realize that God is, in fact, enough. And let's be honest. There's been people in here questioned whether God's enough. And you ain't crazy for doing it because I've questioned it too. I'm preaching to you, but, but I'm telling you, I've questioned it in my life. Man, I remember when I started this church, I'd gone through a nasty church transition, and, and man, I'm, I'm like, I don't have any help. Jo Pastor Jordan, I, I did it all, we laugh about it, I did it all the wrong way, right? I didn't know what I was doing. Well, I did all right because God was enough. I didn't lean on my own strength, and in fact, God's like, I'm gonna call a jack wagon like John to lead this church so they all know that it was him that did it. We did everything wrong. We didn't have any support. We didn't have any finances. And I said to God, I said, God, we're going to find out if you're enough. We're going to find out. And we sure did. Look at, look at verse 8. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I, meaning God, have given them into your hands. The battle you're fighting, the ground that you're upon, we have to first understand that God's got this. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got this. Someone needs to hear that today. Put that in the chat. God's got this. He's got this. And, and, and here's where we get tripped up. You know where we get tripped up? On the how. We get tripped up on the how. Yeah, but God, how are you going to do it? God's like, I ain't going to tell you because you wouldn't believe. I wouldn't believe if God actually told us the how. Let me give you an example. Uh, can I get a camera? Come, 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 Jay Pansch. That's his name, by the way. That's a weird name, I know. That's his actual name. That's not some sick sort of <laughs> slang name. It's his actual name. Okay, so you ready? Yes. So here's what I want you to do. Um, so back in February 2020, I, we were at Willow Canyon. Some of you were there. I haven't made you mad and you haven't left yet like all three of you. <laughs> um, and, and what happened was is, is God told me to order these cameras right here, these very cameras. I, I don't know how many ordered, maybe two or three. And... Uh, I thought, he didn't tell me how they were going to be used. He just said, order the cameras. Now, I extrapolated and, and filled in the blank, and that's a dangerous thing, because I'm like, hey, I know we're supposed to get these cameras. And I told the church, I said, we're going we're to go to have Easter in the park this year. What a great idea. And then COVID hit. This global pandemic or whatever it was hit, and Dysart was shut down. And they said, you can't meet. For 18 weeks, you can't meet. That's a problem. And what do you think every church in America that didn't have a live stream, what do you think they did? Let me, let me, let me ask you another, let me break it down farther. What do you think they ordered? A camera, because the only way they can talk to their people, unless they use an iPhone, which most of them did, because they were out of those, because people like me, by the grace of God, ordered them, but not for the reason I thought I was ordering for them from. Right? God didn't tell me that. Because he, Johnny wouldn't have believed, oh, there's going to be a, a global pandemic. Everything's going to be shut down. You're going to be wearing masks and masks and everything, right? Like, I wouldn't have believed that. God didn't tell me. And so I was focused in. Who were we focused in? Okay, Rodell. Rodell? <laughs> you picked Rodell. So Rodell, you represent Easter. That's where I was focused. I was focused on Easter. And God's like, um... I got a much bigger plan. So we went over to CCV. They allowed us CCV Surprise, which is really cool because the founder of CCV was here for service, Don Wilson and his wife, Sue. That's a whole other story I'll tell you. God's doing some cool stuff there. But um, they were here hanging out for service. Uh, 
we went over to CCV. What are you laughing at? Oh, oh right there. Oh, they, that jack wagon behind them? Yeah, I know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so we went over to CCV Surprise. They let us film. And so what God was saying, our church grew. Zoom out, yeah, show everyone. There was a bigger picture. I was only seeing a little bit of the picture. I was seeing Rodell. I was seeing Easter. And God's like, no, 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 no. I'm doing a big work. I'm doing something much greater, much bigger that you're not going to understand. Come on, give God praise. Thank you, brother. Woo. And, and, and listen, I know people, I talked to people at the door just, just now. They're like, man, we're in a big storm. Like, we are going, we are going through it. So was Joshua, right? So was, we think that sometimes we're the only ones that have to deal with storms. Check out verse 11. The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Are you kidding me? Do you think Joshua would have believed that if God told him, hey, listen, I'm gonna take them out with some hail. What? No, no, I can just, I, I can see him. Like he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't tell him how, he just told him what to do, right? And, and I could just see him, you know, Joshua marching with his crew, you know, big manly man with his sword out. I come in the name of the living God. Hailstorm. Guy falls down. He's like, put your sword away. I got this. He doesn't tell Joshua how, and he doesn't tell you how. The impetus for for freedom, for, for liberation, was in fact precipitation. Who'd ever thought of that one? Sometimes, for those of you in a, a storm right now, sometimes your storm is God's strategy. Oh, yeah, you're like, God, take the storm away. You, you mean the storm that I'm about to take out your enemy with? You want me to take that away? Because I got some, you, want, you, don't get in a, you don't get in a snowball fight with God. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's got a plan. We can't always see that plan. You know, I think sometimes that job loss that someone just had, maybe that wasn't a loss. Maybe that was a gain for, for you to exercise some faith that had been sleepy and dormant, and you were, like, relying on, you know, pro, your provider, Jaira. Your, no, your, 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 your provider was, was Walmart. No, no, Walmart ain't your provider. Y'all call it Walmarts. Some of y'all are crazy here talking about Walmarts. Walmart ain't your provider. Jesus is. That breakup might not have been such a bad thing. Maybe that breakup was actually a breakthrough because you were getting your identity through that guy instead of that guy. Or, or maybe that health scare, yeah, yeah, maybe that health scare that you're going through, maybe that was to scare you into the right things. What am I talking I'm talking about Proverbs 9, verse 10. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, man, we got to start fearing God again. This nation, our people, this, the, the, the church has to fear God. We've lost that. We've lost the fear of God. And God's saying, come on back. Come on back. And if I'm going to use a storm to get you back, I'll do it. I love, someone wrote this. If you're, unluck, if you're lucky, God will allow something to happen to you that you cannot fix, control, or even understand. At that point, true spiritual formation begins. If you're facing something you can't fix, woo, that means God's about to do a work in your life. Don't you be angry. Don't you hang your head and say, oh, God. No, no, no. God's saying, I got something good for you, but you got to believe that I'm enough. Do we believe that God's enough? I believe he's enough. 
Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel, verse 14, and he's fighting for you. He's enough. So we can say enough is enough, first and foremost, because God is enough. Second truth, because God is enough, you are enough. Kelsey, you are enough. You are enough because he's enough. Now, apart from God, that's a whole other story. I'm not talking about Kelsey. I'm talking about all of us. Apart from, what did Jesus say? Apart from me, you can do jack. Or okay, or nothing. I can give you the, yeah, I can give you the gospel version. I was trying to put it in the modern vernacular. But apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing, right? So we have to understand that when I say you are enough or, or I'm enough, it's only because he's enough. Oh, but wait a second, Pastor John. I've got a good heart. No, you don't. And neither do I. The Bible says so. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful and wicked and beyond cure. Johnny's got a good little heart. No, he doesn't. We don't. It, we're, we're messed up apart from Jesus. But through Jesus, woo, through Jesus, that's a whole other story. Without Jesus, though, keep it real. In the words of Elvis Presley, as illustrated by Luke Hathaway, we ain't nothing but a hound dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. You cry all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. You cry all the time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, he's left the building. Yeah. So, <laughs> through Christ, we're having some fun today, you know. I like to see y'all smile in church. But like, through Christ, God says we can do all things. We can do all things through Christ. And, and, and which is why, which is why, crazy Joshua asked God this question. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still. Who asks that? To God. I'll tell you who does. Somebody, a man or a woman who knows precisely how much they matter to the Most High God. Oh, you would have to realize that, God, I'm enough, because I'm going to ask you something that it, 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 it's just crazy. But I think you love me enough to maybe, to maybe answer. The size of your ask reflects the size of your God. Yeah, we're going to perform an ask check today in church. Uh-huh. Yep, we're going we're gonna to perform an ask check because we need to begin to ask God for greater things. Now, you won't, you won't ask God for greater things if you don't think that you're worthy. And remember, our worthiness comes through the righteousness of Jesus imputed to us because of the cross. But through him, through the blood of Jesus Christ, he made us worthy. He made us enough. You know, all this, all this stuff where there's a, a chain supply issues, right? BlackRock, you can't get certain products because, oh, yeah, there ain't, no, ain't no supply chain issues with you and your faith. 
Fred, God made you exactly who he needed you to be to accomplish the very work that he called you to accomplish. He wasn't too busy. He wasn't preoccupied. He's not a cheapskate. He didn't shortchange you. He knew exactly the man of God he called you to be. And he said, you know what? I'm going to give you a measure of faith in accordance with the call I've placed on your life. And you're going to take the new ground because through me, you're enough, Fred. Come on. You're enough. And, And I think we struggle with this so much. And we begin to ask God small things. You know, um, here, here's a small ask. Here we go. Um, hey, God, would you get me to church safely so I can hear the word of God? Here's a better one. Invade my day today so that I can share the word, not just hear the word, but actually tell someone about Jesus at Black Rock Coffee. Black Rock Coffee receives no, nothing for this endorsement, no. Um, and I think we, we, we pray little, little, little watered-down prayers of, God, protect me. Give me traveling mercies as I go on my way. And, and there's nothing wrong with praying that, so, so don't, don't start throwing stuff at me. But, like, maybe, maybe a better prayer instead of a prayer of, of protection? What if we started praying prayers of projection? Ooh, like begin to pray project like you guys do every Saturday for the homeless. When you, when you go out there, you feed them, you love them, you preach the gospel to them. No one even, no one, you don't even know about this ministry. One of the greatest ministries at the Gathering Church is right here. You don't even know about because they're, out, they're projecting the gospel each and every week. And if you want to be a part of that, talk to them. Talk to Pastor Rod and Nick. They're right here. But they're projecting the gospel. Why? Proverbs 28.1. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And what if we got bold? What if we, be, we, be, we began to speak, and, and maybe it's not to the homeless, maybe it's to the, to the guy, in, 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 the cashier at Fry's. Where, where, who's the, where's Karen at? Where's crazy Karen at? She was a cashier. She's kind of cray-cray, but we all are. She, she, she's first service? Oh, she's in the first service. She, someone witnessed to her at Fry's, and she's been coming, her and her daughter come every week now, right? Because someone had the boldness of a lion to say, you know what? There's this church where, where God shows up in spite of, of some of, like, in spite of me maybe, but like he shows up in a big way. Like, what if we got bold like that? I, I remember one time, actually, it was June 11th, 2019, I prayed for a divine appointment. Be careful. Be careful what you pray for. But, but I want to I begin to raise up a church that prays dangerous prayers. Remember? We talked about the book by Craig Rochelle, Dangerous Prayers. Um, might want to pick up a copy of Like, what if we begin to pray? So I prayed for a divine appointment on that day. And how many know God gave me a divine appointment? But not what I thought. I was, I was in my Honda Pilot. We pulled into our neighborhood. The gate closed. But there was this idiot. It had his car sideways across the road. I'm like, what's going on? And some old guy gets out of the car and runs to, to the, you know, towards the car. He says, stay in the blankety-blanking car. He's got a gun. Oh. Yeah, oh, no, that's right. My hands started shaking. I got my kids in the car. I got, my, I got Levi and Stella, right? And I'm like, oh, dear. I would later find out that he, the guy in the driver's seat, had carjacked that guy's car. And the, and the older guy was just coming to, to try to get his car back, which... Why are you doing that if he's got a gun? The car ain't worth it. I don't know. But he did. And so I, I had, uh, I'm, I'm a believer in the Second Amendment. I had that. I took that out to protect my kids and myself. And, and he, he gets out the car. He sees me. And he looks. And he's got a, he's got a, 
a Glock in his hand, looks, looks at me, and walks away and gets into his car. And they would later apprehend him uh, in another neighborhood with, through the use of a helicopter. He had, and by the way, he, had, he, he was the guy you might have heard of. He actually robbed the White Tank Library. Uh, if you're a criminal watching today <laughs> and you want to accost someone and for the purposes of gaining financial gain, library probably wouldn't be the... No. <laughs> but he had gone from the White Tank Library to our neighborhood. Here's my point. That was a divine appointment with Gary Perkins. And I'm going to put his picture up, not to malign him, but because I want you to write his name down on your phone. Take out your phone and write Gary Perkins because we're going to pray for Gary because that is a child of God. God allowed me to intersect paths with him, not in the way that I would have hoped. And by the way, if you're a cop in here today, I think we're going to baptize one surprise PD today. Thank you, Blue, for all you do and, and for helping protect us. Thank you. But is that you back there? There he is. Surprise, PD. You probably didn't want me to tell you that. Now everyone knows. Now everyone knows. But, but listen, Gary, he's a son of God. And we're going to pray for him. I want you to pray for him. Commit. Don't be like, oh, I'll pray for him. And never, you know, pray for him. Pray for his salvation. Pray for the new ground that he's on in prison. We've seen God save people in prison. God gets your attention when, when he's got you still in a spiritual splint, like you can't move. And all of a sudden, you realize the new ground that God wants you to take. So we're going to pray for Gary. We're going to pray for Gary. But my point is, we have to realize that we are enough. We have to realize that, that Joshua had to realize that you could answer my prayer because I'm enough, because you actually care about me. And God answered Joshua's big ask. Well, kind of. He, um, he prayed that the sun would stand still. How many of y'all took seventh grade science? <laughs> then you know that the sun is already standing still. So I could just, I could just, I could just imagine God. He's like, God, sun stand still. God's like, it's already still, you moron. <laughs> but like, God's like, I got you, I got you, I got you, because you're enough, because I care about you. I'm, I'm going to take your prayer. I know what you meant by that prayer. Because, but in case we don't know, just seventh grade science here, the, the, the sun doesn't revolve around the earth. The earth actually revolves around the sun. It takes 365.24 days. But it's not the revolution that, that we're concerned with from the text. It's the rotation, because as it revolves, it rotates every 24 hours, giving us day and night. And so what God did as the earth was rotating on its 23.5 degree counterclockwise axis, he pushed the pause button. He slowed it down so that Joshua and the people he loved could finish the business they were engaged in. Here's what, here's what, and, and you say, well, wait, how, did that really happen? Yes. In fact, we have multiple reports of what people call a missing day by the Egyptian, um, Chinese, and Hindu sources. There's Greek histori historian Herodotus, which wrote of a long day as explained by priests in Egypt, 
And ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics also tell the story of Joshua's long day. Here's my point. God loved Joshua enough to take 6.6 sextrillion tons of spinning earth and gravel, spinning at a speed, rotating at 1,037 miles per hour near the equator. He loved Joshua enough, and Joshua meant enough to him to literally slow it down. Don't tell me God can't heal your heart. He can't rescue you from depression. Don't tell me that you don't matter enough to God. He did it for Joshua. He can do it for you. You will. And you know, my wife was saying, she's like, you know what? They're going to forget because they're going to get in their car and they're going to get in with their kids and the world's going to begin to tell them as soon as they leave church that you're not enough. Right? Because the world is at odds with the truth of God's word, always telling you what you're not, not who you are. And so what I did is I took the liberty of asking Jake to uh, produce these cards. It says, I'm enough. I'm enough. And it's got a bunch of verses on here. I am chosen. I am, I am called to God. I'm uh, being changed into his image. Like a bunch of stuff that I want you to read. I want you to take this. I want you to put this on your mirror. I want you to put it in your car. I want you to put it on your fridge. I want you to preach this to yourself this week because the world's coming for you and they're going to remind you what you're not. You remind yourself of who you are through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, so God's enough. And because God's enough, you're enough. Amen? And so that gives us the boldness, the authority to then declare over our situation, over our ground, enough is enough. And so here's, here's your assignment. Here's what I want you to do this week. Maybe this day. Evict the enemy from your ground. That punk has been parked. He's got his RV on your new ground. He's like Cousin Eddie emptying that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's time to say, time to go, Satan. Check this out, verse 10. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Woohoo! They defeated them. End of story. Let's go celebrate. Uh, that's not what happened. The verse continues. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Haran and cut them down all the way to Ezekiel and Makeda. Did you catch that? They defeated them. And yet they still pursued them. The Bible says they defeated them completely at Gibeon. Why? Why would they pursue them after they defeated them? Answer, because defeat and elimination are not the same thing. We make the mistake of defeating the, the, the symptoms without eliminating the source of the issue. What do I mean? I mean, that person who's in here, who, who, who's, you've been clean, praise God, for nine months off pain meds, and yet you've got some opioids that you keep hidden in a can. You, you, you didn't flush those. Or, 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 or the, the, the couple, the relational couple here that's husband and wife that, you know, you, you, you kind of get in a bunch of fights, but you're good because, you know, we, we made up. We made up and we're, it's all good. Well, it's, is it all good? Because... Have you gotten to the source of what makes you snap and deal with that anger like that? See, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. And I think many of us have given the enemy a foothold on our, 
our new, our new ground. And the new ground has actually become a wasteland because we've allowed that enemy to grab hold of part of us that he was never supposed to have access to. I love what uh, Tim Elmore said, we can build a fence at the top of a cliff rather than a hospital at the bottom. Don't wait and build a hospital after all hell is broken loose in your life, after you've fallen and can't fall anymore. God can still redeem that, God can still use that, praise God, Romans 8, 28, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can put a fence right here, right here. Put a fence up. Don't give the enemy. I, I remember about a year ago, Gavin came to me and said, Dad, I felt darkness in my room. And, we, and it was a time where we, we felt like our whole family was kind of under attack. And, and, and so it wasn't just him, but he, he felt literal, literal presence of darkness in his room. I'm not trying to creep anybody out. I'm just trying to keep it real. Ephesians 6, 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we have against principalities, against powers, against spiritual forces of dark places. Like, like we wrestle against a real enemy. And he's not, he doesn't wear red and have uh, horns, but he's real. And, and, and Gavin came and he said, Dad, you know, I just felt that I was up all night just praying, just praying. It was dark, Dad. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have felt the breath of the evil one on the back of your neck, and you know what that feels like. Boy, don't you know, we did exactly what they did in Exodus 40 when they took that anointing oil and we went around that house. We were at, and we were anointed every doorpost in that house. And I just, I prayed, I prayed. And not because my prayer was so special, but because the cross, which is now there. <laughs> Y'all messed me up with switching around for baptism. <laughs> because that cross, no matter where it's at, it's always there, if you know what I'm saying. We can, we can dislocate the cross, but you can't dislocate the cross. It's always there. And the pre greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And so we began to just, just speak over that house, telling the enemy that he got to get his butt out. And let me tell you something. The demons shudder at the name of Jesus. We serve the enemy in eviction notice. And let me just, I want to close by telling you that most, most of our problems that we deal with on new ground, either you will deal with or are, you are dealing with right now, check this out. It's from the text today. I'm going to show you real quick. Most of what you're dealing with is self-induced problems. Okay? Real quick, real quick. You, gotta, you can't miss this. You can't miss this. You can't miss this. So remember I told you that this, this treaty that they formed, Gibeon, came to them? Well, Gibeon, they're 15 miles away. They dressed up in tattered clothes, old sandals, old wineskin, these, these, these provisions that had made them look, and they said, we're from a far-off country. <sighs> El sunburnt and everything. And uh, we just want to form a treaty with you. And, and, and Joshua said, oh, you're not, from, you're not Canaanites. You're not from around here. No problem. We'll form a treaty with you. He didn't realize it was Jenny from the block. Right? They lived over in El Mirage. And so here's what happened. They formed this unhealthy alliance. And so the hell that they went through was largely brought upon by themselves. And here's what I want to tell you and I today. I wonder how many of us have formed an unhealthy alliance on our new ground. And the drama that we're dealing with is something we can fix. Don't ask God to fix what you're unwilling to address. God, fix this. God says, you fix it. Save, that, save your prayers for when you really need it. 
Now, I know that's gonna jack with people's theology. You can pray to God, but, but my point is sometimes, sometimes we're praying for things that we can fix. God says, fix it. I've given you the power to fix it. And, and, and I wonder how many of us have to eliminate an unhealthy alliance. It might be, it might be a, a girl who's dating a guy and she's waiting on that guy. She's been waiting for two and a half years and put a ring on it. If you love me, right? Like, like at some point, like that, that guy can be an unhealthy alliance. Or, or, or maybe it's a substance, maybe it's a, a food, maybe it's a, a person or a priority. What's your unhealthy alliance? What's my unhealthy alliance? Deal with it, deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. So let me tell you other stories and we'll, we'll, we're gonna have some baptisms, we're gonna have some fun real quick before we go. Um, but here's what happened. They pursued the five kings. Remember the five kings that, that, that formed that alliance? They're all retreating. They found, Joshua found them hiding in a cave. Hiding in a cave. Can I use you again? I used you last service, but I just, I, I just don't, I don't like anybody that's gonna leave the church because I did something stupid. So I wanna read, is this exactly what happened? So, so lay down. So real quick, this is what happened. So he gets his, he gets his uh, army, his commanders. He gets the kings. Get them out, out the cave. Come on out the cave. Cowards hiding in the cave. And he, he says to his, to his men, he says, put your foot on their necks. And this is what he says, with their foot on the king's neck, all five of them, this is what Joshua says. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. And then he kills them. Thank you, brother. I'm not gonna kill you because you probably would kill me, actually. But that's what, that's what he did. And I, I, I just think someone needs to put the foot on the neck of your enemy that has parked his RV on your new ground. It's time to, it's time to tell the enemy, no, you don't have authority over my family, over my kids, over my marriage, over my past, over my future, over the call that's on my life, the dreams that are God dreams, the thoughts that come from Jesus. Like you don't have authority or access to any of that. Why? Because I am yours, not Satan's. I am not the enemy. Will you, will you tell the enemy enough is enough? Will you not bring yesterday's baggage and impose it on today's blessing? Will you declare over your situation, enough is enough? Because you are enough. And because you are enough, I am enough. Which is why I can declare enough is enough. I pray that of myself. I pray that over every person under the sound of my voice today. Close your eyes, bow your heads real quickly. Some of you haven't experienced the new ground that we speak of. This God that saves. The God that frees. The God that <laughs> sends projectiles in the form of hail to take out our enemies. If you don't know Jesus and you're watching online or you're here today and you want to know Christ, I want to invite you to just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe in you, that you are the truth, the way, and the life. I make you, Jesus, my God. From this moment on, I live for you. Use me for greatness in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's welcome them to the family of God. All right. All right, all right, now listen, now listen. We're gonna have some baptisms, and here's, here's what I want. We have 
there are people here right now that you're feeling the nudge to be baptized. I know it. We had people from the first gathering as well. And if you are feeling a Holy Spirit-induced nudge, I want you to get off your butt. We have towels. We have uh, shirts. We have clothes for you. If you feel like you need to be, if you, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord, and you, you feel like, you know what, I need to get baptized right now, get up off your feet, walk directly over there, and we are going to celebrate as we baptize. These people are declaring the new ground that they have taken through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet. Let's celebrate this new ground. Come on. Listen, as you leave this place today, I want you to do so with joy and hope in your heart. One of the, the PD, surprise PD that got baptized today, you know how he, he, you know how he heard about the gathering? We hired him. And he, he, he said, What's up? something's different about this church. And he was, he was one of the cops we hired. And he's got baptized. Right? That's how God works. So you leave this place. Tim, with hope in your heart and encouragement that God is doing a great work in our lives on the new ground that he has given us. Now as we leave this place, it's our job to go fight for it. Tell the enemy enough is enough. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.